find an avenue to connect with people and to be mentored by people and to be educated by people. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fun That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fun That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fun That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times given us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too. And make a determination on the max purchase price. Super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. I hope you're having a best ever day with us today, Ben Lapidus. How you doing, Ben? Doing great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you on the show, my friend. A little bit about Ben. He is the founder and managing partner of Indigo Ownerships, Indigo Home Buyers, and Indigo Investments. He is also my business partner on the conference, the best real estate investing advice ever conference in Denver, Colorado. He's based in Denver, Colorado. He has over $2 million in assets under management in Richmond, Virginia. And in 2017, the focus is on his expansion in the Colorado area. Today, we're going to learn about how he made $30,000 on a flip with no money down. Ben, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure. Thanks, Joe. For the quick 60 seconds in college, I had a uh, study abroad company that was doing a few million dollars a year. Sold that after college, used that to buy my first couple of rentals, which was my experience. Then got into the syndication world, raised money for a 38-unit apartment building and 10 other houses in Richmond. Three years ago, the market was much different than it is today. So buying houses in Richmond with the same cash flow is very hard, at least based on the way that I was doing it from out of state with my exposure there. So I shifted gears and started looking for base hits just to knock down some debt, increase my assets for leveraging for other projects. And so I started flipping in Chicago, actually, outside of Chicago, not Colorado. And so I just finished my first project, No Money Down, and have raised a quarter million dollars from private investors, leveraged that money, and have about $2 million access to capital to keep flipping. Okay, my head spin. And you're hosting the Best Ever Conference in Denver with me, right? And I'm hosting the Best Ever Conference in Denver with you. Yeah, so got a couple of things going on at the same time. <laughs> All right, my head's spinning because you gave us an overview in 60 seconds, and holy cow, that's a lot of stuff. We can go a lot of directions. I mean, 
I imagine a lot of the best ever listeners are interested in hearing about your raising money and how you were able to put those deals together. So can you back up just a little bit with that part of your uh, investing and just talk us through how were you able to raise your first dollar and then how has that evolved since then? Definitely. So what I've learned in the last couple of years is that there's three ways to be able to get money or to be able to buy things, I should say. There's cash, there's credit, and there's credibility. And credit, most everyone knows what cash is. If you have cash, great, you can use it. If not, you got to use credit or credibility. But you can only use credit if you've got a good credit score and if you've got credit history. And if you're in your early 20s, you don't always have a credit score at all, low or high. You just don't even have one sometimes. So you can build that by buying your first house or by buying a car for yourself, doing whatever. But credibility says, let me do really good work in this other aspect of my life and use that, cash in my credibility, to get private money. And then that can buy me my first house. I can leverage that with credit into a second house. So the way about this flip, which is what I'm, I'm assuming your best ever listeners want to hear about, this flip in Chicago with no money down, was I had four houses under my belt. And I was able to go to a lender who said, I'll give you 90% of the capital for your purchase and 90% of the capital for your rehab plus $2,000 for your closing costs. And the only reason we're going to do that for you is because we know you've done four houses before. And we can look at that. We can see your credibility, your history. And so I had to come up with the other 10%. And I got that from Wells Fargo, actually. So I got an unsecured line of credit because I've been with them for a couple of years. I had deposits in the bank. I had a mortgage with them. So again, I used my credibility to get an unsecured line of credit. So without raising any private money, I was able to do this first flip. 10% of the money came from Wells Fargo with an unsecured line, and the other 90% came from a private bank, hard money loan, secured line of capital. Mm, private bank, hard money loan. What type of bank is it? Is it an individual or a community bank or credit union? It's a local bank in, in Chicago. It's called Jordan Capital Finance. I highly recommend them. Two and 12 points. Not the cheapest money, but very easy to work with. Mm. How'd you get introduced to them since you live in Denver? Good question. Bigger Pockets is a great community. It's national, and you can find any answer you need on Bigger Pockets. So I got connected with someone about 18 months ago on Bigger Pockets, and they introduced me. Hmm. How old are you? 27. 27, and you are living in Denver, but you're doing flips in Chicago. How would you pick Chicago? I picked suburbs of Chicago not because of the location itself, but because of the team of people. I found there. So I found a broker who has semi-exclusive relationships with foreclosing banks and foreclosing government agencies. And they move about 1,400 properties a year. And then you mark about half of them, about 700 of those properties for investors. They look at the numbers and they say, this would be a great investment property. And they know that that type of volume, their business is much easier and much faster if they've got a lower number of investors that come back to them. So They've made um, a terrific system of contractors and third-party inspectors and attorneys to make sure that every investor that they work with has the highest probability of success on their flips, that they sell them, so that they come back for more the next month or the next year. So I found this brokerage, and they introduced me to their contractors, their attorney, a third-party inspector, not your normal inspector, but someone who goes to the house every two weeks and takes pictures and lets you know the progress of things. It's not connected to the contractor or the broker. 
And I went there and I saw the whole system. I took a look at the first 20 plus properties that they sent me. And once I found one that was better than the first 10, I just jumped in. Hmm. Do they have an expectation of you that you'll buy multiple of them at once? It's not contracted, but I think the idea is is that they'd love to for us to have a, a very good first experience so that I come back for more. Because if you're making money with no money down, why wouldn't you come back for more? Well, of course, if I make very little money or I lose money, I wouldn't be as interested to come back. So it's kind of an unspoken expectation. It's certainly not contracted. But the idea is is that I'll be doing one a month for the next year or so. Let's talk about how you made $30,000 on the deal with none of your own money. Can you talk about the actual deal, purchase price, rehab costs, and what you did, team members, etc.? Bought the house for 154000 put $32,000 into it, and it sold for two fifty nine. So that's a decent margin. Taxes in Illinois are a little bit more expensive than the average state, so there was about $3,000 there, your typical holding costs, and financing charges. Financing charges is a big chunk. So when you're paying two points for the loan of about $165,000 and then 1% interest every month on the entire project, that added up to about $15,000 of financing charges. But there was still over $30,000 of profit left over. Who do you have on the ground? Not necessarily people's names, but... How'd you find them and how's the team organized? My whole team came from one contact, which then became a second contact. And between those two folks, they introduced me to everyone. So I found an attorney who is open to creative stuff. I found a third-party inspector, I think this is key, who's willing to go to the property every two weeks to take pictures with a critical eye from the perspective of a listing broker and say, this is still not good. This is still not good. If I was selling this house, I would want this fixed. They don't make any extra money for finding more stuff. They don't make any extra money for finding less stuff. They don't make any extra money for the project taking longer or shorter. It's a flat fee. They do it every two weeks until the project's done, regardless of how long it takes. So their incentives are aligned with mine. And the other thing that I did was I found a formal inspector, a licensed inspector, and got them to not only do an inspection prior to my purchase, but also an inspection prior to my listing to make sure there wouldn't be any latent defects so that I could close as quickly as possible. And then the contracting team was a good friend of the brokers. They've been working together for over 20 years, and they have an aligned mission. If they do a good job on this first project, I should come back for more. So he would call me every day with updates. Every Friday, he would send me a report of what needed to be done, what the estimated cost was, and what the actual cost was, and what the differential between each of the items of things that had to get done. So I could see where we were ahead on budget, where we were behind. And I can make decisions on... Do we really want to change the whole roof or just patch it up a little bit? Things like that. Wow. It sounds like that one connection opened up the door for you to a very well-oiled machine. It did. That one connection. And I think that can happen very often. You meet one person who introduces you to an entire circle of friends in your city. You meet one person who introduces you to all of your contacts for a particular project. Even when you were on that show, it opened up uh, quite a few doors, multiple directions. Yeah, and we were introduced by, I think, a mutual friend, Jeff, right? Yep, Jeff Wendlinger. Yeah, wow. And I think Jeff's coming to the conference. Well, I haven't seen him in a couple years, so that would be nice. All right, well, you have the house flipping process in place. Your goal is to do one a month. 
is the inventory there to do that? Well, like I said, this one broker has 700 properties a year that he earmarks for investors. That's two a day to look through, a little bit less than two a day. So if I am interested in one-tenth of those because my standards are a little bit higher than theirs, that's still three or four right. a month to choose from. What's been a challenge that you've come across in this process, this business model that you're doing right now? I've come across so many challenges in doing real estate that I feel like the sword, the ball has to drop at some point with this because it's just been such a great experience. We were ahead on schedule. We were under rehab estimates. We sold the property faster than we expected to. We sold it for more money than we originally anticipated we would. Everything went right. I think the hardest part is just the uncertainty of not knowing that market very well and not knowing how politics or economics are going to change the state of that city and the ripple effect into the suburbs. And if the mic will drop you know, six months from now and I'm holding four projects at the same time, it's just because one works doesn't mean that everyone will and that the market won't change six months from now. So I think not having as good of a on-the-ground personal experience with that market, with the entire state of Illinois, suburbs of Chicago, does produce some anxiety. But logistically, it's been so much easier than I expected. Mm. And it's all about having the right team. Yeah, the P&L report that you described, I mean, those are the type of P&L reports that I provide to my investors who invest in large apartment communities. I didn't realize that contractors working on single-family homes provide those P&L reports that show the budget variance on where you're above, at, or below what was initially budgeted, that they provided those reports. I haven't heard of that before. Well, I asked for it, and it wasn't something they were used to, but they got used to it very quickly. (laughs) They were open-minded, and (laughs) they thought it was a good idea. They said it's something they might introduce with some of their other investors. Um, I think having a non-rigid team, folks that even if they've been in the business for a while, are willing to be flexible and work with you based on your needs to get more business, to build a relationship, to invest in that relationship is critical. From making that $30,000 on the last deal, do you then put some of that 30000 into your next deal or do you go back and do the same financing approach where you get 90% of the money from the lending partner and then 10% using the unsecured line of credit? Well, both, <laughs> plus some. So with that 30 dollars plus the Wells Fargo line of credit plus the secured line of credit, I should be able to do two properties at the same time instead of just one. And in addition to that, I just raised from a non-institutional folks, just from everyday folks, friends and family, a quarter million dollars of secured capital and I secured it with my Virginia assets. So I can bring that into the mix, multiply that by 10. And now I have access to a two plus million dollar line of capital doing five or six at the same time. And so that's the plan starting March 1st. You said bring the 250 of secured capital that you raised from private investors into the mix. And you said multiply it by 10. What does that mean? The 250 is the 10% that I need to bring to the table. Oh, right, right, right. Jordan Capital Finance in Chicago, yeah, they'll bring the other 90%. Okay. So multiply 250000 by 10, subtract a little bit for reserves, mm-hmm. and there's $2 plus million dollars there. Worth of properties that you can be doing the same model with. Got it. Okay. What are the terms that you use to raise the 250? 8.5% hard money plus a percentage of my upside. 
only if my upside is over $20,000 per project. And I securitized the loan with my Virginia assets so I don't have to go through the paperwork every time I get in and flip my assets in, in Richmond that are rentals that I have into perpetuity. How many people make up the $250,000? Four. And how did you meet these four people? Traversing through life, doing a good job at my day job that I had a couple of years ago, impressing some of the VPs who had extra capital, not enough to be investing in $2 million apartments in New York City where I used to live, but enough to be spending $50,000 to buy a rental in Virginia or to syndicate that cash for the multifamily or provide me with a hard money loan today. Day job and any other places or were they all from your previous day job? They're mostly from my day job and just networking. So actually, it's funny. When you and I were working together, Joe, on my first multifamily, because I think, was I your, your first quote-unquote student? Yeah, okay. my awesome. very first client. So <laughs> you told me that folks are going to come out of the woodwork. So when I made that list of potential investors that I was hoping to invest in my syndication, I wrote down 70 names. Not a single one of those 70 invested. Not one. But all of my investors were weak ties that I had that were recommended from one of those 70 people. They came out of the woodwork and they invested. Some of them I worked with. I would have never have asked people that I worked with, but they heard about it and they came to me and they said, what are you working on? I'm interested. And some other folks were parents of friends that I hadn't talked to in six years. (laughs) Some of my dad's old business buddies, just folks that came out of the woodwork. All right, Ben, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Definitely education and building relationships. The best thing that I did was work with you for that multifamily project, but that wouldn't have worked if I hadn't built relationships along the way. People who could introduce me to lenders, people who could eventually become investors of mine. So that's really the impetus for this conference. I think when I came to you, Joe, to work on this conference together, it was because I had been to four or five quote-unquote conferences around the country looking to meet people, looking to learn. And all it was was just a sales pitch to be paid for, which was fine in its own right. That works for some folks, but if you're an investor, if you're someone that has done at least one deal and you're looking for a national forum to connect with other folks like you who've done it a little bit differently, all the folks who come on your podcast and and talk about their different struggles and successes, I wanted to have a place where we could all come together, learn from each other, network with each other, party together, have a really good time, build good, solid, intimate relationships without being sold, without any gimmicks. And I think that's what we've done. You've done a great job of working together with me on this. That would be my best ever advice. Mm -hmm. Isn't that the best ever conference? Find an avenue to connect with people and to be mentored by people and to be educated by people. And to have fun along the way. You mentioned the partying thing, how we're all, you know, we're going to have a happy hour on Friday, the night of the conference. And I'm glad that we included that because it's important that we enjoy the process. Ultimately, we spend a lot more time on the journey than when we reach the destination. And your career certainly has been a testament to the relationships you've created and built along the way. I mean, we first got introduced to each other five years ago or something, and we've been in touch since then and become friends. And so, yeah, certainly a conference that... I'm looking forward to getting out of as much as we're putting in, and I know it's going to be tenfold just because of the friendships we're going to build whenever we're there, plus the lessons learned and 
I'm glad to be partnering with you on it and looking forward to having some fun. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out. BestEverConference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to BestEverConference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com. Best ever book you've read? Richest Man in Babylon by Ogmandino. Best ever deal you've done? I've saved this $30,000 plus thousand dollars that I just made in 60 days with no money down. Best ever way you like to give back? Dogs. Adopt them, volunteer for them. Make sure that 20 years from now, there is no homeless dog in the state of Colorado. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? Invested $1.6 million into a 30-unit apartment building and put the entire note on myself. It was a recourse. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what would you do differently? I would make sure that I do a 30-year loan or no loan at all versus the 20-year loan that I took. I would do much better due diligence on my estimates for rent increases because I was very wrong. And both of those things killed my cash flow. But I got out of it with a positive return for my investors. What's the best place the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? Cell phone number, 973-975-3548. Leave a voicemail and I will return their call. Well, Ben, the lessons learned along the way from the hard lessons to the lessons about the relationships that you've built, the process that you have in place, and the continuing education that you are definitely championing and living it. Enjoyed our conversation. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. You too, Joe. Thanks for having me. Best ever listeners. It is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out. Besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com.